Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of the League podcast. No longer a preseason podcast, now a regular season podcast, because we're in the regular season. And what team matters more, defines the regular season more than the Sacramento Kings? There's probably a couple out there, but uh, today we're talking about the Kings. I'm joined by Jack, the Kings fan, and Aaron from Possible Chairs on TikTok. Uh, I'll start with Jack, because you got a great name. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be here with another NBA Jack. Hell yeah. Solidarity, baby. Yeah. Aaron, how are you? Solidarity. This is like namism. I'm being discriminated against. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there's no reason to not be doing fantastic when the Kings are a glorious 1-0. and Pretty dominant outing against the Utah Jazz last night. Uh, thanks in no small part to... I'm trying to think of a random player besides Harrison Barnes, but Harrison Barnes was cooking, and that was fun to see, Uh, especially after – was he not very good in the playoffs for you guys? I feel like he bricked a game winner, maybe two. He was awful. He was just terrible. He missed the game – what would have been the game winner in game four, which would have likely won the series. I think he shot 22% from three in that series. He was like nine points a game, ice, ice cold. Well, uh, total redemption. Now he's broken even because he scored 33 in a season opener. So we love to see that. Uh, The first question I'm rolling out for you guys today are how are we feeling about where the Kings are currently sitting at as a franchise? Uh, Aaron, I'll give you the floor after the name discrimination. What are we thinking? I'm feeling fantastic. Are you kidding me? We won 47 games last year. Is it 47? Um. And we made the playoffs. We missed the playoffs basically my entire life. I grew up watching basketball, watching a losing team every single year. Even though I get frustrated watching the games because I'm like a basketball pessimist in any amount of losing, I'm like, this team's garbage and I hate them. Um, I have to remind remind myself what like John Salmons was like and what like what Hassan Whiteside was like <laughs> in the flows fleeting minutes and like how um I saw Whiteside both times or uh, Buddy healed or the guys of the like um it uh it's been fantastic playing actual winning basketball yeah absolutely jack what are your thoughts on that beyond just playing winning basketball it's so unbelievably refreshing to be relevant just not not just in the relevant in the sense that oh the media will occasionally talk about you a little bit you're just part of the fun all of a sudden i remember when i was like a little kid i went back and read an article I wrote for my like middle school newspaper, getting all excited about George Hill as an acquisition. And now I'm like, oh, hey, we were linked to Bradley Beal. We were linked to all these star players. I'm I'm included in the rest of the NBA now. Yeah, absolutely. That's very I- interesting just because, uh, I don't know, there are teams, uh, there's a pretty like definitive line where someone says they're a fan of a team and like uh, Kofi, he's a fan of the Pistons. And when I learned that, I was like, that's really tough. Like, that's a brutal existence. And when I hear someone's a fan of the Kings, it was like that for my entire life. But now the Kings fucking rock. So, like, yeah, in terms of relevance, just in terms of, like, a lot of people that I know that aren't Kings fans will 100% throw on a Kings game because they so are so, like, entertaining and such a nuclear offense and things like that. That has got to be very refreshing, like Aaron said. I remember when... When Charles Barkley mentioned the Kings for the first time on TNT, I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> we're on that. like he talked about us. Like he like, right. we're good enough where 
where Charles Barkley sat there and was like, I guarantee the Kings are going to win. I'm like, that's insane. Um, just be a part of that conversation. And uh, even recognize is like kind of fun. And to be the also like last off season to be the, like the hot take, like, Ooh, Kings might win 45 games this year. Like, is this the year? And people are taking the over on our win totals. Like people talking about us guys, like <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. Um, the Kings are in an interesting spot uh, just in terms of like how people have kind of treated them this offseason because I personally feel like uh, the continuity that Sacramento is bringing this season just in terms of like everybody's young, everybody's good, and everybody is coming back for the most part. I think in a Western conference that's introducing so many variables, uh, that continuity is like a valuable thing. You're going to be able to take the success last year. And I don't know if you're going to build on it in the win total just because the West is going to be a fucking bloodbath. But I think in terms of like the level of basketball that Sacramento is going to be playing, I think bringing everybody back is uh, a good thing. However, a lot of talking heads, I don't know if it's just because like people like to shit on small markets or whatever, they're just like, oh, well, Sacramento was super healthy last year. That shit's not repeating. They're like a six seed at best. And I, I don't know. I really don't agree with that. I think at the bare minimum, they're built to succeed in the regular season. And I think uh, depending on the matchup, I think they got a shit matchup in the playoffs last year with the Warriors. They could be like a noisy team in the playoffs. Me and Jack recorded a, a full hour and a half um, Kings preview like last week, and we spent about an hour of it talking about how to replace like Harrison Barnes, <laughs> and uh, he played, <laughs> and then he was the best player in game one, and we're one to know, and I think it speaks to that continuity. Um, we talked ourselves into Kyle Kuzma, into whoever. It was pretty much like set in stone. If we get better, if we improve, it's going to be in the Harrison Barnes spot. Um but maybe like resigning him and just coming back day one, everyone's on the same page. We know what the foundation is. We know what kind of basketball you play is a real advantage because almost every other team is working out um, their new cores or they're coming back from injury. Also on the health point, like being healthy can be lucky, but sometimes that's just what teams are. Like Darren Fox doesn't get hurt. Sabonis just doesn't get hurt. And to say like, oh, they were so healthy. Watch out for the Clippers. Like, the Clippers get hurt every year. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just that's just a part yeah. of this. That's not a luck thing. Like Kawhi's gonna miss thirty games, and same with Paul George. It's funny how completely overblown this whole Kings were healthy issue that people have found with the Kings is. It's totally the Monte Carlo fallacy where you're just flipping a coin and expecting that odds to get even better every time you flip it the same way. The Clippers are gonna stay getting hurt. The Kings are not because the Kings are designed not to get hurt. I hate to jinx it. I'll knock on some wood, uh, yeah. but obvious, obviously a lot of this is because the Kings are totally built to withstand minor injuries and to keep guys healthy. The Clippers are running eight to nine man rotations on day one of the year. Kings could <laughs> against, run, the Blazers. We, yeah. against the Blazers. Against the Blazers. <laughs> oh my God. We could run, we could realistically have ran a 13 man rotation last night and been fine. Not a problem. There's 13 guys on the roster. I'm okay with being in the game. Yeah, especially like, in like a blowout victory like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's that. It's the health thing that I don't like. And like the health leads into my next point. I don't like people kind of freaking the fuck out that Sacramento's window is like right now because they moved a baby in Buddy Heald for now. I think the oldest player in their core at like 27 years old with Sabonis. Don't get me wrong. Like they're not uh, 
like they want to get better as soon as possible. But a 27 year old, like the window is opening for Sacramento right now. And the way a lot of people talk about the team is that like, I don't know, it's just going to be gone in a blip. I think they've set themselves up really well for all of their best players to be really good and play really well off of each other for like four or five years into the future. And that's, I mean, I think they have a lot of opportunity to upgrade that Harrison Barnes spot, like you guys said. And I think doing that would, I mean, elevate them even further into that. And if you get a player, I don't know, like Kyle Kuzma, who was thrown around, I think he fits their timeline really well too. And I think they're just going to be one of those teams that is healthy and a regular season, uh, like 45 wins penciled in at minimum for the foreseeable future. It's uh, so funny how people talk about Sabonis like he's this old grizzled veteran as if he's not younger than Jokic and Embiid and maybe a few months older than Bam Adebayo. He's not an old dude, even remotely. And how old is Buddy Heald? You mentioned Heald. He's, he's like, 30. He's Buddy Heald's 30. He's older and than ancient. <laughs> he's 30, and, and I don't want to like harp on the stereotypes that this is not true, but isn't it pretty... like? rumored that he's lying about his age and he's actually much older but i will no, I won't 30 is that. his actual age we thought he's, he was 29 oh, okay so all right we're starting with okay we're starting <laughs> yeah. with the fake age gotcha yeah um uh, uh, just two things um the first thing being with the health uh, just real quick i think sabonis broke his hand like really early in the season his, he had his hand broken the entire time also like we got killed in rebounding battle or looney averaged like 20 rebounds per game in the first round but sabonis had like bruised ribs and a broken hand. It's like you go battle Kevin Kevon Looney and Draymond Green in a seven game series with those, like with those kind of injuries. And um, the other thing is, um, there are a few things you want to be in the NBA, which is good, young, and not expensive. And the Kings have checked all those boxes. Like they have talent, the contracts are good, and the team's fairly young. They have, I haven't broken it down perfectly, but probably a top five future in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Just based off the vibes, I, I I don't have a list off the top of my head, but especially uh, in terms of like the balance of what they look like three years into the future and how competitive they can also be this coming year, I would argue they're one of the best teams in that regard, just because I think, uh, yeah, like you said, I don't like the matchup they got in the playoffs. Sabonis was fucking like, practically had a hole in his chest after like it felt like Draymond Green was just going at him the entire series and a lot of the times when you get into a matchup like that you'd be lucky to like break even with those two going at it physically but then Kevon Looney on top of that that's just too much for a front court that Sabonis is basically backpacking to handle and I think uh, a lot of that goes back to the matchup problem that I talked about but uh Oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. I don't know. I like where the Sacramento Kings are at. Hot take. Hot take. Okay. Um, The second question I got for you guys today is how are we feeling about the offseason moves? Pretty much just re-signing a lot of pieces. And then uh, uh, JaVale McGee and Vizenkov are my two bullet points for this uh, section. I just want to know, I don't know, quiet offseason, but how are you guys feeling about it? I can I'm take feeling the, uh, pretty good about it. 
Go Jack, ahead. I can take the McGee, McGee piece. You can take the Zenkov piece. Perfect. Um, <laughs> when we signed McGee, I was like, okay, like I think he's washed. But a factor that I forgot to consider is that Jason Kidd is a fucking moron. He's the worst coach in the <laughs> league, or one of the worst coaches. And I think McGee's fine. I think he's totally fine. He like heavily contributed to the and a really elite Suns team a couple years ago. Went to Dallas. Shocker, playing with Luka's really hard. Now we're here, and he he came in last night four for four had some nice hook shots um was able to run the pick and roll pretty well and i really thought alex len was going to be our backup big but it seems to be mcgee at least on day one at least for that matchup i'm curious to see if it's a if it's always sabonis and then it's a len mcgee 50 50 depending on the size the other team has because the jazz are kind of they have kessler but and it's like a linic you're chasing around after that and it's it's a different ball game so i feel good about the mcgee signing Jack, I want you Jack to talk because I got some fucking sirens going around my neighborhood right now. So I'm going to be Sasha, on mute. Sasha Vizenkov, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited we got him over. I've been hyping him up since May. I've been so in on him. And what he is to the Sacramento Kings this year is like a $20 bill that you left in your jacket like three months ago. And you reach in there and you're like, oh my God. I'm having a great day today. I didn't need this 20 bucks, but I have 20 bucks. It was in my, it was in my jacket pocket. It's just there. It's extra. I've got it. That's what Sasha is to this team. Anything he can provide us, that's what people don't understand, is he is our like 12th guy right now. Anything he can provide is awesome. And so far, what I've seen, he sort of is projecting as if you remember when Nico Miritich first came over to the NBA, he had that like one, two year stretch where it was really solid, like 12 points a game, maybe a rebound. He's a crap athlete. He's the same athletic, same athletically as like Michelangelo's David, but he shoots. He's a great shooter. And he showed it off last night. He was two for five, made his corner threes. He even got a block up. He's just a nice body to have. When you run pick and rolls that are a JaVale McGee, who's 6'11", and Sasha Vizenkov, who's 6'10", that's hard. A lefty a lefty 6'10 shooter is really tough to defend, no matter what. Yeah, Vizenkov's release, it was blowing up on Twitter. It's fucking lightning. Holy shit. I mean, he holds the ball for like four-tenths of a second or something yeah. like that. Get sports science in here. He looks nice. And I mean, yeah, uh, it is kind of, I just threw him in here because I know Jack loves him. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> meme guys can be fun, and meme guys can turn into meaningful contributors at points in the season. And uh, I mean, was he MVP of the Euro League or just a league in Europe? No, of the Euro. Okay. So okay. he was really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, really, that's really no good. joke. That's a that's a competitive yeah. league, and I that's a competitive yeah, league. I like what that. The brings. addition you didn't mention though is on your bullet points is Chris Duarte. We got Chris Duarte, and he played pretty well yesterday. It's beginning. He's beginning to spark a bit of debate between Kings fans about whether him or Herder should really have that role. He also looked pretty decent, making really good. He's making his shots. My favorite aspect though is he's got this pre-built chemistry with Sabonis from when they played together in Indiana looked great in game looked awesome yeah I don't know I'm Herder fucked me up this postseason just in this I mean he fucked you guys up too I'm sure but just Mm. I was so sold Mm. on him he was phenomenal in uh Atlanta's series against Philadelphia when they upset them and I was like dude Herder he's like fucking ginger clay Thompson oh my god like he can really (laughs) shoot and then he like I loved his fit with Sacramento and it worked out phenomenally for you guys in the regular season he was one of the best shooters on the planet and then 
20% from three in the postseason. That's really hard. And it's tough to uh, it's tough to factor that in when you're comparing him to a guy like Duarte, who obviously wasn't really in the rotation on the roster during the postseason. So you can't see if he's going to regress or not. And also, it doesn't matter how bad you were in the regular or the postseason if you're trying to win games right now. But just in terms of like establishing who has that spot come like the playoffs or even later into the season, yeah, that, that playoff performance by Herder is definitely going to haunt me, and I'll think about it when I'm watching Duarte play. Yeah, he doesn't look good to start the year. There's a lot of questions about I, – I really hope, because if he is good, then he's got one of the better contracts in the league. He's a 24-year-old 3-and-D guy, because he can defend. He's a decent defender who's on a 3-for-15, 3-15-million-a-year contract. That's awesome if we can get that. But he's sort of shooting himself off the <laughs> yeah. court right now. He he didn't start in preseasons. I've been I mean, this is probably me being too locked in on the Kings, but whenever I watch clips of them in practice, he's running with the second team and Duarte's up there. He's losing his shot. Damn. You're fucking tapping yeah. in, that. watching the practice. I'm tapped Holy in. shit. Aaron, how you I'm feeling? Jack is ta- Jack is tapped in. He'll like I'll text him and he'll send me like a picture of a tweet. It's in Spanish because he, he speaks Spanish. I'm like, dude, you're on like Spanish Twitter and like on a king's shit. Like I'm way out of the loop. Um, yeah. I'm in favor of Duarte starting. The thing with going from a bad team to a good one and like you get really excited about the like, whoa, we made the playoffs. This is super exciting. The great teams don't give a shit. And they're like, we are going to get better. And even though you helped us break through, you helped us get from bad to good. Like your spot isn't guaranteed. And if Herder is shooting like shit, then it's it's uh it's gonna be uh Chris Duarte's spot to grab. But I mean Herder last season, like two hundred made threes, like forty percent from three, he was awesome. I don't I don't think this would be a bad season from him, but his leash just isn't as long. Yeah, I can understand that. And that is kind of the point that the Kings are at where uh I think if they got that complacency that you mentioned, that is where they run the risk of becoming like a team that I will, I won't say they peaked last season or anything, but that's where you run the the risk of regression is when you're just like comfortable and trying to be as good as you were last season. The goal remains the same. Even when you were trying to be just like a playoff team is that eventually you want to get to like legitimate championship contender level. And so you kind of have to make, I don't know, quote unquote cutthroat decisions at some point. And yeah, it's game one. No need to overreact. This is all based on a lot of shit that is a very small sample size, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on throughout the season because I definitely don't like Herter as much if he's not a really good three-point shooter. Another fucking scorcher from uh, the the Jack camp. Uh, and then getting back to JaVale McGee, what I wrote down here was just, uh, I think it would have been good for Sacramento to have a guy with that amount of playoff experience in the rotation, like legitimately built into the, like the rotation come the playoffs. I think it would have been good uh, in terms of like keeping uh, heads a little calmer, a little cooler against a matchup like Draymond Green in the front court, even if he's not like taking the brunt of the hits or anything. I think it's just uh, one of those additions that for a team trying to inch their way up towards being a very legitimate title contender, I like it. I thought it was good. And I like him more than Alex Len as the backup. I will say that. Can't disagree with you on that one. Alex Len is cool. He's a lot of fun to talk about. He, as an idea, 
he's really fun because he's probably he's not but when you watch him live it feels like he's the biggest player in the nba <laughs> it's stupid how large that dude is he's seven four like 250 pounds he's enormous if we if we have to stop victor webinyama do not be shocked if mike brown is like screw yeah, it God. alex len your assignment dude have fun I can't tell if that's the best or the worst matchup possible. I feel like attacking. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) That's fucking awful. (laughs) Um, I feel like we saw last night, like the best way to attack one B already is the Grant Williams role. Like it's how you stop Giannis. Trey Lyles actually might be better because he's just really strong, um, able to stay in front of him. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, dance on Alex Len's grave. <laughs> like, if you're if you're conceding the fact that you're not going to even contest Wembenyama's jumper, which that's not going to happen, uh, nobody in the league can do that. Yeah, the Grant Williams approach made a lot of sense to me, and it worked really well in Dallas. Like, just the the uh, con of Wemby's build is that when a guy gets into you like that, you can't even fucking dribble the basketball. Like Grant Williams can be in legal guarding position, standing directly where Wembenyama would be, like bouncing the basketball normally, just because there's such a huge size difference. And so, I mean, he he kept it close by hitting a bunch of clutch jump shots down the stretch. I tuned back into the game. I I thought uh. I thought Dallas was going to pull away with it, and they made it pretty uh, uncomfortable for, or the Spurs made it uncomfortable for the Mavericks. But yeah, I don't know if Alex Len is the Wemby stopper that Jack describes him as. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Hey, yeah, we're uh, we, Davion we Mitchell just... coming. He'll do it. Mm, they see mm. this is the Muggsy Bogues thing. That's how Muggsy. Yeah, Davion Mitchell's like five eleven. He's got because. So you're like, how did Muggsy Bogues play good defense? Like, have you ever tried dribbling against a guy who's on the floor? who's just a part of the, the floorboards like he's like as soon as you put the ball down before it even gets back up to your hand it's gone you're like holy shit like where'd that go yeah we missed a major opportunity to have a bogues bowl photo shoot with len and davion mitchell Damn. that would have been really funny did they have they done the who's the shortest guy on the spurs they gotta figure that out who's the shortest guy in the league is there even anyone like Someone, they don't have our uh, someone call up Baku Kampazzo, baby. Kampazzo, maybe. That's yeah, yeah. I think he He's might still be in Dallas. Anymore, I'm not sure. No. Okay, they got to make that photo. Yeah, who is the shortest guy on the Spurs? No, I'm, I'm gonna guess Trey Jones off the top. Yeah, but just, uh, that's like a flat six foot. Yeah, I don't Trey think Jones? Trey Jones is gonna agree to close, that. He's like, oh, I'm close. the short guy, and like, <laughs> you've got the best. The best driver on the team is also the shortest. Devonte Graham. Mm, Devonte, damn. That's, that's that's such a the thing of like, but like Manu Bull and Bogues are such like fun mm. personalities. Like Devonte Graham would tell you to go fuck yourself. He's like, you want me to be the the short guy no. on the on like the the web? You want photo? me to be in like, your silly photo fuck shoot? Man. Fuck off, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna go drive drunk. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Devonte. All right. Um, my fourth question that I got for you guys uh, is: Is there a midseason trade you want or expect Sacramento to make? Um, this one's tricky, just in the sense that uh, it was very clearly the Harrison Barnes role, and then Harrison Barnes fucking turned into a nuke last night. He has made Sacramento the league's overwhelmingly best offense. Just. Through sheer will. And so uh, can you really look to replace somebody like that is the question, I guess. So it's time to zag. And Aaron is going to absolutely love this because if there is one trade, I've been thinking about this all morning since I saw the report on Twitter. When the Chicago Bulls blow it up, 
they're going to be looking for somewhere to put Alex Caruso. And Sacramento, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll give whoa. the Davion Mitchell. He's still kind of young. Maybe a second-round pick 25. makes a deal. <laughs> Get him in 25. there. 25, I'm fucking dead. He's 25. <laughs> yeah. He's young. I could see, league. like, it's going to take a first, though, because other teams are going to be willing to pay that. Davion's yeah. a young asset. Davion protected first. That's I see it. salary filler. See, salary yeah. filler. It's going to be unprotected first and Davion. Um, I mean, that'd be fantastic. Just uh, he's, he's just a much, much better player than, than Davion is. That's mm-hmm. a good one. I was thinking, like, full-on, like, DeMar DeRozan, but I probably would hate oh. that. I'd probably hate that. Man. I still have Levine stock. Like, I still see Levine as, like, could he make the transition from like Bucks Ray Allen to like Celtics Ray Allen? But I think he might just be Zach Levine on the Bulls <laughs> all the time, <laughs> which is much less fun. Um, right. Man, the Caruso is good. I, I, my answer to this was going to be really lame and just say like, I want to maintain continuity and not give up our picks because if anything bad happens in Sacramento, which it always does, I want those first. Um, I mean, there is a couple years where we were awful and we didn't have our first because we salary dumped fucking Jason Thompson and Nick Stauskas to the Sixers because we're fucking morons. <laughs> um, and so that'd be nice not to have um, not to have that happen. And just like even though Barnes is like the trade piece, I feel like we don't have anyone that can really replace his production or his role on the team. And I think he just signed the extension, not this season, maybe next season, probably the season after that is when you see him flip. But I just want to maintain this core. I would, I know, I know most teams, it sounds like purgatory, but I would love to win 45 games, three straight years. In a row. <laughs> like, holy crap, made the playoffs a bunch of times. Like, yeah. this is great. And then you build from there. Um, and I'm not interested in, in mortgaging our future. But I don't, I don't see the path to championship contention as the team stands. I certainly don't think that we're going to go for a star. If there's, I had three guys written down in terms of a midseason trade. I was looking at Caruso. I was looking at Javon Carter. He's also on the Bulls, older guy. They might want to move. I would love that. Uh, last one I looked at was Matisse Thibel. Uh, I just love the idea of having a gritty as hell defender coming off the bench. I don't know what you give up for Matisse or for Javon Carter for that matter, but I had those three names. They're teams that are selling yeah. defensive-oriented guys. Fringe dudes, not not someone who's going to majorly shake the shake the wagon. Well, the apple I got good news. Uh, Davion Mitchell to me jumps off the fucking page as a Bulls uh, as a Bulls basketball player, just in the sense that they always have like four guards who are good on ball defenders and pretty much incapable of doing like other shit on the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, Io Desunmu is pretty good at that. Uh, like, I, I don't know. Javon Carter, like you said, Alex Caruso, all that shit. And I, I like Caruso. Um, I just put this question in here because I ask it for everybody. And uh, I yeah. agree with Aaron that continuity right now is probably uh, the best thing for Sacramento. I think next season's trade deadline is where I would probably expect Sacramento to get a little bit friskier depending on how this postseason goes and everything. There's obviously a lot of balls still up in the air in that regard. But I think uh, two years with the same group, that really gives you a solid idea of where the strengths and weaknesses are and what you need to like legitimately address by moving those assets. Because, yeah, moving off of firsts for a market like Sacramento where you're not getting free agents and guys really like don't want to come unless they're being forced to a lot of the time. Speaking as a Denver fan, the same shit's going on. Uh, yeah, you need to hold – you need to be very stingy. Like you can't afford to just make – 
dumb shit just to shake it up so that your fans get excited for a little bit. And while Caruso would do that, and I think he moves the needle for Sacramento a little bit, I don't know. I like continuity for them pretty much. It's the Iman Shumpert trade issue where in, I think, I guess 2019, Mm -hmm. um, we were having a pretty good season and Shump was kind of like, you know, he's averaging eight points a game, but he's the veteran. Like he's, he's the, he's the guy we ship him off for Alec Burks and we follow the shit. (laughs) And also we just let all those guys walk anyways. That's the worst trade of my lifetime was that one. Um, Because the vibes can be ruined. You can't underestimate the vibes. And right now the everyone like is, super into and bought into this system and if like all of a sudden it's like harrison barnes is gone here's some other guy who isn't bought into the beam he doesn't know about the <laughs> beam yet and all of a sudden fox is like they traded my my mentor and sabonis is not you know he's unhappy too you gotta you gotta you gotta into there's, it you gotta get into it though but there's videos like post game where uh, this new guy's like reaching for the button and fox like slaps his hand away he's like you don't fucking get the beam pal you haven't earned that you don't understand it. you don't know how the beam works come on i wanted to note though jack mentioned three players that are good at defense the kings are not had a good defense since, like 2005 um, I texted this stat to Jack a couple weeks ago. I said, the last time the Kings had a better defense and offense was 2011, when they had the 20th best defense and the 25th best offense. Is that a... Fucking miserable. Is that the year Rondo... No, I, was was that a Rondo year, maybe? No, that's far too... No, that's like 20, uh, 2016, 2015. See, yeah. Yeah, because Rondo wasn't even remotely close to like prime Rondo. This was... If, to give you some reference, this is like a Jason Thompson, Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, Cassidy oh, team. Oh, Jesus Christ. Rudy Gay. Yeah. Rudy, Gay. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. I just like, yeah. we had DeMarcus Cousins and Rudy Gay and Rajon Rondo who led the league in assists, and we are one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah. That is that is like the biggest indictment of DeMarcus and Rudy Gay. Because I will go on Twitter and it's like, <laughs> pride Rudy Gay was nice. And I'm like, what are we talking about like what are we doing what's going on i just i feel like it's it's a tough concept to explain but it's like if you have a wing who is a good scorer but not a great one doesn't facilitate it all doesn't rebound it doesn't defend you actually don't have much in the first place like his numbers look like a fringe all-star but fringe all-stars average more points and more assists and are better on defense it's like anyone anyone who tries to tell me that prime rudy gay was nice i i present to you last year's kelly Oubre. he didn't get signed until like way after free agency because everyone's like yeah dude you average 20 points a game Beat your ass at everything else. Uh, but you're not, not good. good. And, it's, but you're not it's good. It's pretty tough. But Rondo like was a monster ball stopper that year. Um, he would just hold on to the basketball until there was like one and a half seconds left and hot potato it to some poor fucker <laughs> in the corner. And like sometimes yeah. they made it. It's like, whoa, Rondo had 15 assists tonight. It's like, yeah, we scored 92 points. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah, the only reason yeah. I ask is just because uh, you said like 25th. And one of my favorite shit post stats is just that like every single year Rondo led the league in assists. It was like peaked at a bottom 10 offense. offense. It was like a 20th mm-hmm. offense or something like that. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, that sounds like some shit Rondo would be doing back in the day. You say prime Rudy Gay. Prime Rondo tricks people. You guys heard it he here does. first. Yeah. I'm the I'm the biggest Rondo hater on <laughs> earth. And I did like I do a lot of like you know all-time stuff and the all-time rankings and like everyone will mention in my comments like Rajon Rondo was the best point guard in the league at times. And I'm like, if you're drunk, like if you closed your eyes and made up whatever the fuck you want, maybe he was. Like the sky is the limit, but you don't give a shit and you're just making things up. Um <laughs> 
maybe yeah he has some nice defensive years and he's a great playmaker but prime rondo does trip people because he couldn't score of like i mean i listen i have a top 75 point guards list ever like i go way deep of like i think he's like top 40 ish of that he's the by far the worst scorer he averages like 10 points a game and he stopped shooting free throws in like 2010 yeah it's funny i don't remember which player it is but there was someone who played with rondo and they had like a falling out and they went on a big tangent where they're like at least my point guard doesn't fucking drive right fake a behind the back pass and then get like caught in the air every single time uh that he goes to the basket and like looking back through rondo's actual tape it's like holy shit it's not just that there's no plan when he drives it's that there's no plan and he has no prayer of like making the layup or anything like that um yeah and you get these highlights that are like you know the behind the head thing to ray allen like the behind the back to um I think KG, but I forget, you know, and it's like, how did he even see that? It's like, cause he's guessing. He is guessing. <laughs> he's guessing. <laughs> like, he doesn't actually see it. Uh, I, I, that remind, this reminds me of one specific play. I haven't played organized basketball in a long time, but in high school, I, I, I caught a rebound off a free throw and I just kind of threw it behind my head <laughs> and someone happened to be cutting at the time. And my coach was like, dude, good pass. And I was like, I didn't see him. <laughs> like, I just kind of thought someone would be there. Like, I didn't actually know someone was there. That was Rajon Rondo. He's just, he's guessing. Yeah. Well, now we're all on record being like fake ball knowers. <laughs> I guarantee some guy who runs like a true Hoopers podcast is going to be like these fucking dorks with their true shooting yeah, percentage. They don't know they don't about know. prime Rondo, baby. <laughs> all right. Now, this is not a shitting on Rondo podcast. This is a Kings podcast. Can so. we make it one? Can we make it? Can we change the title? Let's I don't know. To the intro. That would be a fun one, like a legit, just real haters, hour and a half. Oh, just like, hour just get just all your player grievances out there. Be there. Yeah. All right. I, I'm much oh. better at hating on players than I am at yeah. analyzing them positively. So whenever you schedule Jordan, that, Jordan Poolpot but... is going to last 30 30 hours. <laughs> go ahead take over king stuff all right uh i actually skipped this one but i it, they, they go together fine what are the expectations for this upcoming season like looking like for you guys what would a disappointing season and a surprisingly nice season look like and then like what do you realistically expect shit's gonna go down like the west is really hard to like guesstimate right now i don't think we have like a huge sample size so if all of our predictions are blatantly wrong in a month and a half i won't be shocked but it's still fun to guess i suppose so what are you guys thinking as long as we're not in the plan i'm stoked i whether we're the first seed or the sixth seed as long as we are comfortably in the playoffs with 40 something wins i am fine i don't want to be in the plan no matter what because i think with how our team looks at times, we can lose random games. We do. We we will. Okay, we will. We're gonna drop a game to the Rockets. I'm telling you, we'll do that. It's just how it happens sometimes when you have a team with this many shooters. Guys just stop missing shots on random games. I don't want to be anywhere near the plan. We take too many threes to, to take too many comfortable threes. in a yeah. in a one in a one off game. Um, my expectations: brought 47 wins, five to six seed. I think that, I mean, the difference between five and six seeds is going to be a lot because if you're looking at, at seed number six, that's the, the three, six matchup. All of a sudden it's, it's like, it's golden state again, or it's Phoenix or it's the Lakers or, um, or something like that, which is terrifying. Um, but I'm hoping for the second round. I just want to be a little bit better than last year so I can avoid the first round choking allegations. 
Um, that will certainly come if we lose in the first round again. Um, yeah, just get a little bit better, a little better each year, and yeah, uh, as, hopefully next season uh, continue to get better again. As long as we can get to the second round and I can continue to push the fact that DeMontis Sabonis and Joel Embiid have made it just as far in the playoffs, <laughs> I'll be fine. It's cool. That's all, it, I have it, to, that's, that's all I want. It's a fine line, though, because it's like I'd be content with a second exit and I, I would kill myself with the first round exit. <laughs> there's so, no middle ground. Yeah. There's, there's no middle ground. It's like Especially if it's, like, the, oh, if it's the Warriors, good. you're never hearing from oh, me again. Holy no. shit. Yeah. I, uh, I had said that if we lost to the Lakers in the playoffs, like because it was pretty close to that matchup at some point, um, right. I would have just walked into the forest and abandoned modern <laughs> life. And just see it just with nothing to survive. Like the goal is just to see what kills me first out there. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a reasonable response to, to another first run exit. Just, you know, just, there's, I, I live right next to Auburn. Like there's a bunch of forests up there. I could just kind of go up there. <laughs> You're going to go to the bridge. You know, the, is this, is it the tallest bridge in the United States? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I live about 30 minutes from the tallest bridge in the United <laughs> <You're> States. <good. laughs> It's uh so it's the difference between like oh it was pretty good to um to jumping off the forest hill bridge. Sweet. Super easy drive. Yeah, it was insane reference. It would oh take you about a minute to get insane down. It's, it's reference to the forest hill bridge. I didn't expect that. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, disappointing season. I had the same shit written down pretty much. I wrote flirting with the plan consistently throughout the regular season would still leave a bad taste in my mouth if I was a Kings fan. I know you got i'm not in it i'm not in the fucking decades of like squalor that making the playoffs is like this grail of a thing uh i expect them to be good enough to the point where like it's fine if they're uh in that eight range for a stretch like some weird shit's going on or whatever but if they spend the entire season going like six to nine to seven back up to five like i would expect there's a stretch where they play really dominant basketball everything clicks together and they kind of establish themselves as a team that's like i don't know not overwhelming in the playoffs but is very good and i also would not want to be in the playoffs i totally agree or the play in tournament i guess i totally agree Mm -hmm. with jack there just in the sense that yeah, I mean, Herder has an off night. Uh, God forbid De'Aaron Fox, the elbow pull-up jumper, stops hitting. Because then, I mean, I don't really know who else is capable of a mid-range jumper on this roster. Um, Sabonis. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of guys who, as far as, um, like, can have an off night goes, there's a lot of them in Sacramento. And that would make me very nervous if I was a Kings fan. Hell of a throwback to 2005 with talking about how we need to find a guy who can hit mid-rangers. <laughs> but hey, we're back. That's how you know the Kings are back in the playoffs is when you need someone to make mid-rangers. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying um, is when you panic yeah. about – uh, when you were panicking about the play-in, I was like, you know, what fucking rocks is when you actually just get like the best two-man game in the league with guys who both yeah. don't miss mid-range jumpers like Jokic and Murray. If you just pick up two of those, you'll be fucking set. You won't drop a game like that anymore. Uh, I don't know why more teams mm. don't do it, to be honest. Super easy. Yeah. I, I mean, it sucks to say it because, you know, injuries are never fun to talk about. But I feel a lot better about the outlook this season now that Memphis sort of seems like they're going to fall back. Because Jaw is going to miss all that time. A- Adams is gone. Clarks is gone. It's just just Xavier Tillman down there. What's he going to do against Sabonis? All right. You know, it gives us a better shot. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Steven Adams as a person rocks. 
Love the, the sports. I've the met him. He's a great dude. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, it sucks. And it's not the fact that Steven Adams is missing. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back because their star player is doing dumb shit off the court. Like, that's not an injury. And so yeah. I don't think you should feel bad that Memphis is kind of in the toilet. You know, it is what it is. Mm. It was uh, 11 teams really competing for the play-in. And now it's it's kind of down to 10, which is nice. I wanted to know. Yeah, and the Clippers the- don't count. So, you know. <laughs> who knows what happened with the Clippers but yeah um so what is like the what's what's surprisingly nice look like for Sacramento I wrote down the three seed again I thought uh like Sabonis and Fox both kind of have career years playing off of each other Keegan Murray takes a step forward everybody else kind of maintains stats I feel like Holding the seating would be representative of Sacramento getting better as a team just because the rest of the West got so much better around them. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I had as surprisingly nice. What do you guys think? I think it'd be 50 wins. I think that's the, like, whoa, like, you know, breaking the 50-win barrier is is really, really tough. I think with 50 wins, you'd probably look at a, at a three seed. Which is uh, which is pretty crazy. I mean, obviously the Lakers and the Warriors started with with losses, so they'll go about eighty two and zero. Um, with them out of the way, <laughs> you know the sky's the limit at that point. Yeah. Um, the West. I mean, the the difference between the two seed or the three seed and the eleven seeds is going to be about eight games. So it's you're going to have to have to really pull through. But I like to see development development from Keegan Murray and fifty wins. That'd be uh, that'd be the surprisingly nice pathway. Mine would be basically the same thing is Keegan Murray becoming, oh, this guy's going to be closer to a fringe all-star than this guy's going to be an awesome 3 and D dude. That sort of development, and then 50 wins. 50 wins, top three seed in the West, that's the sort of season. Hell yeah. Keegan was putting the ball on the floor way more in preseason and way more last night as well. Like he, It got a little awkward at times, but that's the development you want to see from a turret <laughs> to someone that like if you bite on his pump fake a pump fake where he's shooting 40 percent on that shot <laughs> so it's terrifying equals right. like an actual effective drive um yeah and it, even if you get down there and don't shoot it sabonis is usually around and if you can be a competent passer kind of dump it down to him if he's within five feet of the basket he's he's he shot 60 percent from the field last uh, last year damn yeah. yeah, as a Denver guy, uh, we've gotten the pump fake from a 40% shooter who's 6'10 in Michael Porter Jr. The dribble, competent passer, or finisher at the rim, uh, we're all still kind of cooking those in the lab. It's a day-to-day basis kind of thing. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, he has, <laughs> he has moments where, like, he'll make a really smart pump fake, and then there's clearly just nothing else in the bag, so it goes up anyways. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know, it rocks. He's a great shooter. I obviously love Michael Porter Jr., but I definitely think that that is, uh, I don't know, like that's my next question is what player are you looking most forward to seeing progress this upcoming season? Keegan Murray is the obvious answer to me, uh, just in the sense that like, I think if you're trying to kind of fill that Harrison Barnes role, I know they're on the floor a fair bit together, uh, but I think if you get Keegan Murray to like a competent offensive spot as a ball handler, as like a supplementary playmaker, uh, just in terms of like continuing ball movement that other guys initiate, that would be really good for Sacramento. And I think he's capable of doing it. When you draft a guy who is uh, 
you expect to make an impact immediately on a competitive team. He kind of gets underrated as like a prospect with his ceiling, but I think Keegan Murray can become like a really good, a fringe all-star like Jack said. Hmm. I mean, the obvious choice is Keegan just because he's the sophomore player. You're looking for his development. I think we'll get that. I'm going to say De'Aaron Fox because um, the difference between him right now and him, if he adds a competent outside shot is like, a fringe LNBA guy to this is a top 10 player in the league and he's averaging 30 because he, you can't, no one can stay in front of him. And he, at that point is like closer to Steph. Cause that's what makes Steph so good is not only is this guy shooting from 45 feet, you can't stay in front of him if you wanted to. And he's like one of the best finishing guards in the league. I always said that that's the most like um, underrated part about Steph Curry is that he, finishes around anybody and that's what makes his shooting so dangerous it's almost like the reverse steph curry where it's fox is like the best finishing guard in the league with just an average outside shot or something but i mean of players that took the six or so threes he was taking last year fox was one of the worst like 32 percent. he just isn't a good shooter um and even then even then when you know that isn't really coming he just ripped people apart going downhill but I wanted him to develop that outside shot so badly. And then last season, he comes up with this, like the best mid range shooting since fucking Kobe Bryant and the clutchest player since Michael Jordan season. <laughs> You're like, Oh, like that's actually just as good. Like, let's do that instead. Um, even just that, that much range, like 16 feet of range made him um, just incredible. And in, like a top 25 ish player in the league. And man, I want that outside shot so bad. Yeah, it's the constant question with the Kings and specifically with Fox is, is he going to develop that outside shot? He's, he had his career year. That was the best we've, we've seen in terms of his outside shooting. I mean, he's had better numbers on worse volume, but that was our best season. If he can just get to 36%, that would be incredible. The bar is not insanely high. And I'm he's so close to being that level of point guard. Yeah. Well, like, that is the thing for Fox is just when you watch him, no, like, uh, no stats, anything like that. This is a true Hooper's eye test moment. He's fucking terrifying to watch play basketball in the clutch, even in like, just like the regular minutes throughout the flow of the game. He doesn't stop the ball. He is so efficient with the, like he maximizes, uh, every possession when he has uh, the basketball in his hands and everything like that. And he really feels like once, if that shot develops, he moves way more into that Steph territory where he becomes like an overwhelming force on the basketball court that like defense, it bends the entire game around him and what he's doing with or without the basketball. Uh, and he's only what he's recently 25 or recently, recently 20. Oh, no, he's almost going to be 26. He's about to be 26. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that step is well within range. I think that's pretty clearly, like, the spot that he needs to work on, and he knows that, and he's gotten routinely better with every season that he's been in the league. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility at all. There's a few other interesting guys on our fringes that I'd like to see some development from. Colby Jones was a guy we picked up in the draft, second round, 42nd overall. He was more projected as a late first. He dropped for some reason that I don't really understand yet, but he has looked nothing short of amazing in the preseason. So I'd be curious to see if he can figure out some way to sneak into the 
rotation. Again, just like Vizenkov, he's a $20 bill in your jacket pocket. It's just extra. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, like a dollar coin, but we're <laughs> almost there from, <laughs> it's like, uh, right. do these do, do stores still take this? Like, can I buy things with this? Mm. Um, I did like Kobe Jones. Jack was all over him. I, I, I had said, to some friends like hey if kobe jones is playing i were in rough shape means something bad happened i don't think that's true anymore um i think true fandom is convincing yourself that every single player on your roster is good um one player i guess i won't call it development but just that i'd like to see actually play is keon ellis um i was calling for a bleak monk's head like a quarter through the season because his defense was bad and his shot wasn't falling but with Keon, he's like 6'6". He was all defense in college. He can shoot threes. I'm not sure why he's not playing other than the fact that we have so many other guards. But I'm, I've convinced myself that on teams that lack guards, Keon Ellis would start. Yeah. He's an interesting piece. There's not a lot of people talk about him because, he, I mean, he, he was not hyped at all coming out of school. He went to Florida Southwestern State College. So kind of coming from nothing. But I agree with Aaron. Florida he's an Southwestern. interesting <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a nationally renowned organization. I mean, just they're cranking out prospects over at Florida. Okay, to be fair, just so I don't get exposed online, he did transfer to Alabama, but he's he yeah. started at Florida Southwestern State College. I mean, I'm fine getting exposed. I don't really know that much yeah. about Keon Ellis as a guy who's not tapped in <laughs> yeah. to the Sacramento. Like you know, I, I haven't even say. heard the name. And I'm I'm like a general hoop sicko. So I mean I hope okay. uh I hope he works his way into the rotation if he's as good as you guys say. I'm pretty high on Malik Monk, so I don't know about this mystery man taking away minutes from (laughs) the rightful six-man of the year 2024 campaign. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Another guy I would like to see uh, develop a jumper um, is Sabonis elbow jumper or floater game. I don't think it transforms him into a force of nature the way it does with De'Aaron Fox. I think it completely changes the way that you can guard uh, the Kings as a team though um, you can't like if you just can't leave Sabonis open at the elbow that opens up so much more space for like slashing lanes and all that and like he would be good attacking mild closeouts just because he's such a fucking bruiser like he gets his shoulder into you halfway into the paint and he's at the cup before you know it I would like to see it I'm not going to hold my breath on it doesn't really feel like a, a guy who has focused so much on his strength throughout the years is really going to develop that shot in at least one off season, maybe as he ages closer into his uh, early thirties, late twenties, whatever, we'll see a little bit more of it, but I would like to see it. I don't know. He's already so good at what he does. It's kind of hard to expect him to get, I mean, I don't expect him to just come up and shoot threes. I'm at this point, I've accepted that he's just not going to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna stay in the he's gonna stay in the paint, and what he does is really really good. So it's really hard to complain about it. If Sabonis is not on the court for the Kings, their plus minus per hundred is negative twenty five. Jesus, that's Christ. insane. Jesus Christ, <laughs> negative twenty five if he's off the court. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't expect Whoa. him to shoot threes or anything like that. It's just uh, I hate it. Because I love Sabonis, uh, and I, I am all in on him being like one of the most impactful players in basketball on one of the best offenses in basketball. I hate seeing Draymond Green just like find that hole in the armor and be like, okay, I'm not even fucking stepping towards you when you catch it at the elbow. And I like 
for the whole series, I was just like, dude, punish him, please hit it. Oh my God. And it never came. Uh, and it felt like, um, I don't know, just felt like that really impacted how the Warriors were playing basketball in a way that I would like to see change. But again, I'm not going to hold my breath on it. It's just something that would be neat. You ever shot a basketball with a broken thumb and bruised ribs? <laughs> it's tough, man. It's hard, it's hard to do. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Next time we'll do this pod in person, I'm going to step on both your ribs and see how many jump shots you can make. Um, he took two threes last night. Um, he did? He re- relatively efficient, made one of them. Uh, that's all you need, really, is, like, can you take two a game at 34%? At least, like, oh, shit, like, you know, he's wide open. That That's something we even think about. Um, can he be more than what like Rudy Gobert is because if you're taking the same amount of jump shots as Gobert like just because you think you might take it doesn't change anything like the output's still the same I was gonna say my other breakout candidate Harrison Barnes any day now his breakout campaign's coming um it's been in the works it's been in the lab you know we've been we've been waiting on it we signed him that him to that extension and uh it's coming damn Harrison Barnes uh, I mean, obviously the nuke last night, 33, whatever. feels like he should be close. I don't know. In my mind, I'm always like Harrison Barnes is almost Tobias Harris. Uh, is that like an accurate assessment as guys who watch him more? How do you guys – I know we've talked this entire – He's better than Tobias Harris. <laughs> you like him more? I like Tobias Harris. I think he's yeah. good. Is he? The vibes are better. The vibes are way better because Tobias Harris thinks he's an all-star. Like and then he's come out and said like I should have been an all star a couple of seasons like voters just don't look at me and Harrison Barnes has never said that in his life and that's it's like a, that's a that's a good demeanor to have <laughs> if you are a very average wing. See if Tobias was on Harrison Barnes money, then this would be I think we'd like to, I think we'd like Tobias a lot more. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Tobias is on a gargant a yeah. scary contract a contract a scary contract. that I mean it might uh, if you're. I don't know if your second best player like demanded a trade and caused the collapse of your franchise or something like that. Having a guy who's not that good on that kind of money would really put you in a bind. Uh, I don't know. It's, it would suck if that happened. Though. Yeah, that's unrealistic. Can, totally. Not that I forgot, but I continuously forget that he is still on the Sixers. Mm-hmm. He's just been in every single trade rumor that if I when I watch a Sixers game, I'm like, whoa, like. Hey, there's Tobias Harris is still here. Like he survived the 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 trade the trade machine. Like I can't believe he made it. Yeah, Bill Simmons has a great bit. I think he calls it a Tobias Harris game, where it's any player like that, where then they have a breakout game. Harrison Barnes had one last night, where it's like, holy shit, Harrison Barnes is still on the team. Like he he just dropped fucking like yeah. even like eighteen out of Barnes feels like mm. a good night at times. So. I don't know. It's good to see him start the season strong, I guess. Maybe this is uh, the year he makes the leap. <laughs> and, hey, what do we say, though? What do we say on Friday? Guarantee 100% less than 12 points. I'll 100%. <laughs> he is. I bet anything that it's going to be like nine points, a rebound, an assist, <laughs> and like one for seven from three. The thing with Barnes is he disappears at times. I went to a game with a friend of mine and a friend of his happened to be there like across the stadium and he had money on the points, rebounds, assists over for Barnes and Barnes got within one. 
and did actually nothing for the last eight minutes of that <laughs> game. They just ran around, didn't touch the ball. He got fouled on point, missed both of them. And uh, watching that friend lose his mind from like 500 <laughs> feet away was hysterical. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Poor guy. But I mean, that's what you get for, I don't know, corrupting your soul with the evils of gambling. I know nobody in this call would ever do anything like that. <laughs> Never. I've been a hundred bucks on the Barnes under. I, I gotta check what that is. I, I wonder if Never. the, the price picks. I can tell you yet. what it is too. I'm, I'm, that's how that's how much I do it. Do you know what it is right now? What's yeah, the eleven point five? Eleven point five. Yeah. Oh damn. So he would. He I would guess that's what it was. I guess that's what good. it was last night. I don't know that for sure. According the 12 to your points was good. I guess that. Yeah. Like if, no. you, yeah. if you get that twelve Friday, you're hammering the over. Damn. All right. Um, What's the points rebounds assist? Because that's that's know. probably I, better. Because eleven, he would have eleven last night. <laughs> if he if he scores, if he because he gets to, if he gets to twelve, there's no way he's actually he's rebounding. Also, just <laughs> yeah. saying, it's not going to be a good Barnes game. <laughs> All right, you heard it here. What if, what if he what if he just drops thirty three again? What I happens? Know, I, I'd I'd start. Going I think back we to have to have like an emergency podcast or like I don't know what we have to do. Hop on something. Well, then the back, next game, like next game, he's got again career-ending injury. Like two thirty pieces right. back to back for Harrison Barnes at this point means he's sold his soul and like he he's not finishing the week playing basketball. Yeah, it's the I, Barnes equilibrium. No matter how much energy you put out one way, it has to come back the other way. Right. Back-to-back 30 pieces would be like an elephant's foot of nuclear energy. <laughs> and the way that would swing back would be catastrophic. <laughs> he just doesn't score for the rest of the season. Like, that's <laughs> just it. Barnes, He's done. 0 for 80 in this last, yeah. this last week. NBA's yeah. Chernobyl. Make a shot. <laughs> They're like, nobody has scored on the side of the floor Harrison Barnes has been on <laughs> in two months. What's going on He's with a the black Kings? hole. Yeah. Oh I have God. to... Take away my dog's Harrison Barnes jersey and start wearing it if he's good again. This is tragic. Oh man, are you and your dog about the same size? No, but <laughs> the, but like the Fanatics store mm. had a glitch where they sold child's youth small jerseys for like ten ninety nine, and I thought it was okay. hilarious. So I bought a Harrison Barnes jersey for my dog, and he wears it. It's great. I bet he was super happy last night. Game. Though he had no idea. No we idea. didn't expect him to have an idea, but I no clue, none. <laughs> All right, uh, the next question I got for you guys, getting us back on serious basketball discourse. Uh, <laughs> I want to know. I feel like the Kings are always on the other end of this question. Oh, we would like the Kings in the first round. What realistic playoff teams would you guys feel comfortable going up in the first round against? I'm not going to say like. Would are you dying to see or anything like that? Any team in the playoffs in the West this year to me is probably going to be fairly competent. Uh, it's going to give you kind of a tough series. So, like, who who are you comfortable with in the first round if you're Sacramento? Clippers. <laughs> so me. Give me really? the Clippers. Oh my god. Yeah, give me the Clippers. We we own them all. Like we had their number all year last year. We really did. And even when they had George and Leonard rolling. They still weren't beating us. DeMontis Sabonis and Avika Zubak might be the most, like that's just a horrible matchup for the Clippers. Horrible. Covington on Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray just runs circles around his old ass. It's just the Clippers don't have a great rotation to deal with the Kings. Aaron, how you feel about that? Yeah, like how you feel about the Clippers? 
I'm such a pessimist. I look at all these teams and I'm like, God, we're fucked. But we're actually pretty good at basketball sometimes. Um, the Clippers are an interesting one. I feel like they have the wings to really attack us, but I just don't think that team is very good, period. I think you're going to be looking at them winning 40-ish games. I'm not really worried about them. Um, there's almost no way. I guess if I mean, the Kings are a 3 seed, like then you'd probably see that. But are the Clippers a 6 seed? Like We'd have to be way better than expectations to net right. a matchup like that. Um, Man, I mean, you could go over teams that I think we're not gonna we're screwed against. So Nuggets, Can't Suns, handle. yeah, probably like probably Lakers. No, I, honestly, I think the the Lakers can't play with the same kind of speed the Kings have. Um, if it's the Lakers that we saw last night, then no. But if it's last year's playoff Lakers, then I don't think so. What Certainly did last not. year's playoff Lakers have that this team doesn't, at least for the first The Warriors series. I don't want to – I'm going to pretend for the sake of this argument that the Nuggets versus Lakers system, that whole series just never happened. It's somewhere else, some sure. other multiverse. They look good against the Warriors. They handled Stephen Curry. They were able to make sure that offense, which killed us, didn't do anything. Their I'll say that – I'll toss the Thunder out there, just another young team like a younger mm-hmm. team with, with even less a center depth just for Sabonis to kind of feast on. Um, Dallas, I mean, Kyrie and Luka are scary. The rest of that team is not good. Derek Lively played really well um, mm-hmm. last night, but I wouldn't read too much into that just to start. I mean, you're looking at, you're trying to find offense versus offense matchups, teams that we could just kind of run with. Um, Minnesota's so- interesting. Because mm. I feel like Sabonis, like, Gobert is a very good rim protector, but the thing with the modern-day rim protector is you can kind of still post them up. Like, traditional post players. Like, you saw Jokic, like, just eat Davis alive in Game 1. Because even though Davis is the, a game-altering defensive talent that changes how the drives are happening and what kind of shots are being taken, if you just go straight at his chest, they tend to be a little too, too thin and limber to handle that kind of physicality. Um, and, of course, like the Timberwolves are just as sad of a franchise as we are, so maybe the basketball gods would have pity. Um, yeah, those are some good matchups. Not the Warriors. No chance. I never want to see the Warriors no, again. That's probably okay. But part of me feels like I want to play the Warriors and the Lakers because, like, I would I would be taking my trip to the Forest Hill Bridge if we lose to the Lakers in the playoffs. Like, I just don't think I could handle the whole off season of fucking Lakers fans. Um, but like, if you beat them, like, I'm gonna post a video every day talking about it hey guys remember we beat the lakers in the playoffs i was awesome i wouldn't like let's talk about it again recapping game one quarter two part four (laughs) here we are yeah i mean uh as someone who has experienced that entire spectrum of emotion uh i was on like i was on the circuit being like you know uh, I, I respect the Lakers. I think we got it. Like, I was terrified to say anything just because, like, the moment I put words out into the world, they become real, and then they manifest themselves into the opposite of what I said. Uh, and now, after the fact, I'm like, dude, why the fuck, like, I don't know. Why did people think, like, that was going to be a series? Uh, just in the sense that, like, we let uh, Faku Compasso, Will Barton, Austin Rivers minutes kind of dilute how good Jokic is when there's just guys who can make open shots around him uh and so now that we're in like the after effect of that it fucking rocks anytime a Lakers fan has anything to say to me you could just be like you know what fuck you buddy actually I forgot so if you could get that on the Warriors it's the the best feeling in the world but 
I don't know if the Warriors are like, I don't know if Steph's at that age yet where I would feel comfortable going at him carrying an offense. And I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know what Kaminga's going to look like. I don't know what the rest of the team's going to look like. Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, they didn't look very good the other night. I'm not going to bet against Steph Curry right now, though. The three I had written down were uh, Thunder, Youth, and Experience actually go. Well, Experience goes for the Kings at this point, and you could exploit that a little bit. Uh, Clippers or Pelicans, obvious health reasons. I think they'll both be in positions for the matchup, maybe, depending how it shakes out. Um, but Zion could be fucking cooked by that point. Probably will be if history reigns true. Um, and then I had the Grizzlies if they make it, which I mean, feels like a huge if at this point, it's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see a series of Sabonis, like, uh, Aaron said, going into the chest of someone like Jaron Jackson Mm -hmm. Jr. Cause I think that physicality wise is a phenomenal matchup for the Kings, but it's, it's probably not going to manifest. Probably not. Zion did look really good last night. How many games do you think we get of this? He was 23 points yeah. in 32 minutes and had some just crazy dunks. But, I mean, he looks heavy. Like, I was in high school. Like, I was in, I was a senior when he was, like, in when he was in high school. I wonder if we're the same age. I actually haven't checked that. Um, <laughs> wow. That was really Holy shit. <laughs> how, old is, how old is Zion? He's probably, he's probably 24, 25 at this point. Oh, okay. He's way older. Okay, never mind. Um... Let's see. He was a junior. Anyways, not important, not important. But I remember watching he's, like his. He's twenty three. Oh, he's just okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Tw- I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be twenty three on the 9th of November. So we're almost there. Um, Our birthdays are only a week apart, bro. What the fuck? When's your birthday? November second. Oh man! All right, we'll have a we'll have a, a Scorpio party. Perfect. Okay, but Zion, Zion in high school and even at Duke was like, this is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. Have you ever seen someone? of that size jump that high and it's no longer like that's a big athlete now it's like look how high the fat guy jumps <laughs> you know it's like it's not as it's i i worry about his knees because you only have so many of those jumps in you like the body has just it, it's not in years when your body ages by like by 28 29 that's just when you tend to run out of like jump uses you only have so many of those yeah zion i mean when you're when we were watching Zion in high school and at Duke. It was like this thing where it's like, like this guy defies the laws of physics just in terms of like what we've seen a human who's built like that do athletically. And now it feels like the pendulum is swinging the other way. We're like, okay, yeah, this actually makes perfect fucking sense that a guy who explodes at 280 pounds and like hits his head on the backboard eight times a game as his entire approach to offense yeah, he can't play anymore. Um, that doesn't really surprise me that much. That actually makes perfect sense. But it is still, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch him until he retires. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's hard. It's, yeah, in a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with, with Embiid, <laughs> who had those foot injuries, you see him completely change the way he plays basketball. And because he is gifted height-wise and agility-wise, he's able to do that. He's able to like shift towards a game that like protects his body and things like that while doing a bunch of stuff at a really high level. If Zion can't jump high, um, like what's his comp? I mean, like he's not he's, David Ronnie. Yeah, David Kenny Lofton. <laughs> I mean, holy shit! It's uh, <laughs> Eddie Eddie Curry, Oliver Miller, <laughs> Brian Reeves, Brian, yeah, Brian. Sim Boulard. Big country. <laughs> I'm dead. Brian Reeves is a deep guy. I, I, yeah. I think that the biggest issue is um. 
when have we ever seen someone with weight issues fix it? Like, we always talk about, like, oh, if he gets the weight under control. That hasn't happened. Jokic, like, if you can find that's, me that's an example it. of Jokic, this. Jokic doesn't jump anyway, so it doesn't matter. He doesn't jump. That's the thing. Like, even, um, like, Kevin Love was bigger in in Minnesota, but he also very vertically challenged. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you're asking, you know, you're asking, like, Zion to be, can Zion be what Kevin Love became? Like, can he be what Jokic is? Of course not. But, like... You, you look at like heavy NBA, heavy NBA players. Either they are, I guess Shaq, right? But like, Shaq didn't deal with it. He was just fat. <laughs> like, no. He was just was it? He just was heavy. That 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 leaned into his game at that size, though. Weirdly, the only person I can think of who like did a big major weight loss journey mid season was Kendrick Perkins. Oh, who dropped like forty pounds in a year at some point? There you go. There's your Zion comp. <laughs> there you go. He's Kendrick. He's, he's Kendrick he's Perkins. Burnt. If you could figure it That's out, fucking but poetic. I just, uh, poetic. you know, it being that heavy is just what he is. And like, if you can't lose weight in the NBA with like people basically babysitting you, hey man, don't eat that pop tart. Like he's gonna eat the fucking pop tart. <laughs> yeah. Like you're stuck with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah. Fuck Zion. But also, back to the point. Um, like, uh, so I like the Clippers um, for the Kings as well. Like Jack said, uh, I don't think they're that good of a basketball. Even when Kawhi and Paul George are cooking, like when you saw Kawhi last season against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, um, it felt like those teams were just kind of like evenly matched going back and forth with each other with Kawhi playing at a fucking nuclear level. And that Devin Booker, Kevin Durant team was not that good. Like Devin Booker's insane. One of the best players on the planet. Absolutely. Same with Kevin Durant, but as like a team, as a roster that played basketball, the Suns weren't that good. And the fact that like with a healthy Kawhi, this like mythical creature that we always talk about, maybe if they can string a couple games out of him, they were just kind of like on par with that Suns team. I think that's a team that the Kings, through the power of friendship and all that shit, should be able to like band together and beat. I think that's like mm. a quality basketball team that they could take in a series. Through the power of math. Math is helpful. <laughs> we take way more threes than the Suns are going to take. Um, also, underrated point with the Clippers is like Russell Westbrook's on that team. And playing Russell Westbrook in the playoffs is an automatic <laughs> W. Do you guys know? Uh, James Harden's about to be on oh that my team God. too. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, Russell Westbrook hasn't won a playoff series in which he played the entire series since 2016, round two versus Spurs. I mean, it's it has been that long. It's basically just like you know, it's legacy points to whoever catches a Westbrook team in the first round. Like, yeah, I got to the second round. It's like, yeah, but you played Westbrook. Sorry, half a win. Damn, that's fucking that's crazy. Cause he's been to the like it's not like he's missed the playoffs every single year since no. the twenty sixteen. No. Uh... I mean, yeah, he's made it constantly and it's just uh yeah, the Mitchell loss, can I the read Dane some loss? Yeah, off the t- if you got the record, read it off. Let me hear it. I got him. So they blew the throw and <sighs> lead to Golden State. Then they lost in five games to the Houston 2017. 2018, six game loss to rookie Donovan Mitchell. 2019, they get um, fucking destroyed by Dame in a five-game series. Then they do beat OKC, the Chris Paul OKC team in 2020, but Westbrook only plays in three games. Um, 2020 versus the Lakers, losing five. 2021 versus Sixers, losing five. 2023 versus Suns, losing five. 
That's tough, man. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, that's actually bad. Uh, if I had to go on the record as having a take on that, um, and I think if we, I, not surprising, but if we did the true haters hour and a half podcast, I would schedule a good forty minutes for Aaron and Westbrook to kind of hammer <laughs> their there. shit out. I am so. Oh my god, the hate, the hate, the hate podcast <laughs> is needed. I have perfected the anti-Westbrook argument. That's like one of my best ones. I have yeah. some. I have some good. Uh, some good. Uh, analogies some some good uh some good data i always thought it would have been funny if westbrook went and joined up with harden and Embiid on the sixers and just created the ultimate playoff dropper team oh my god i was ready for it <laughs> Teams i had to uh, by anyone i had to stop posting videos like that because i just like was becoming the westbrook hating guy then i'm like okay <laughs> like i really got to stuck i just got too good at it i'm like man like i, I can't i can't get any better at this unless people are gonna start well it doesn't help that his fans as far as like individual player fan bases go uh not just like the easiest to piss off like you say russell westbrook is just like even like below average at basketball they're coming at you 100 percent. also some of the most entertaining to like go back and forth with because it's just like a, a different reality that these people live in don't get me wrong i'm not as low <laughs> i'm not as harsh on westbrook as you are i have a soft spot for him a little bit just in terms of like entertaining athletes but like the way that his fans talk about him is like he hasn't do- like we have been on a different planet since 2016. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's a different universe. Although I have to say he did look nice against Portland. Um, Westbrook facilitated really well against young team, and the Clippers demolished the Blazers. I mean, I, I had to convince a lot of people the Blazers would be bad mm-hmm. this year. I'm like, hey, like they're one of the worst teams. They're super young. Scoo Henderson's a young point guard. Like it's going to be some growing pains. But I, that was a pretty sobering game for a lot of Blazers truthers hoping for a DeAndre Aiden resurgence. And he went out and dropped four <laughs> points and five fouls. It's yeah. like, okay, maybe, maybe not this. Maybe this is not the year. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving off the hate, moving off Westbrook, we'll give him a break because I do want to go on record. He's a nice guy. Everybody likes him in the locker room. We can say sure. that. But uh, all right. Which team do you guys think is winning the NBA title? Let's get this on the record. Jack Aaron? only asked this question. He only asked this question because he knows it's the Nuggets. Yeah. Just, this is just. <laughs> hey, I don't know. He just wants could, to hear other people anybody. say it. This could be anybody, guys. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you know ball, there might be an answer that you would gravitate towards yeah, or they... something like that. But, you know, Bradley Beal could move hey. the needle. Somebody, I don't know. Bradley Beal hasn't played. He's, he is still load managing. I, I tried to tell people that the Phoenix thing, obviously Phoenix won their first game and I was very impressed from their role players, but um, the fact that they're load managing Bradley Beal and Booker's not even playing tonight, it's game two. That's insanity. Um, I don't think they're going to be a top seed and I don't think they're going to have a great run in the playoffs. Anyways, um, Denver. Aaron, I have some the- nasty clips of you talking about my boy Nurk. If he has a good <laughs> year true. this year, it- yeah, oh, he looked man. good, no. man. He looked good. Well, his issues Fuck always Yusuf been Nurkic. I'm not good. No, I'll go on the record right now. <laughs> That's a fake game. Like Draymond Green didn't play. I guarantee Draymond Green mm, plays yeah. that game. The Suns are doxing Yusuf Nurkic by halftime. Like he's he's not him, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. It's the okay. It's the Nuggets. The Nuggets should be the favorites. They won the title. They brought all their guys back. Um, their bench is a little thin, but seemed capable. Reggie Jackson looked fine. Um, I like their younger guys. And honestly, the thing is, like, Jokic makes everyone better. Like, even if they just bring in a random young player, 
young players um just plug and play see who can cut to the basket well enough and they'll be productive yeah it's just the lebron effect again essentially Mm. where if you if you've got a guy who can run and shoot that guy is going to look unreal kcp looks so good for the nuggets it may it irritates me how perfect he is as a role player every single team in the nba would kill to have kcp on the roster yeah i also think it's i also think it's gonna be the nuggets it's so boring (laughs) it's so boring and i'm really tempted to pick boston but they they never do it they never do it every single year i look at boston's roster and i think hey you know what Maybe this is their year. The East looks weak. I mean, for the last four years, it has been the same thing. The East looks weak. They made a great trade. Their roster looks deep. And then they don't do it. Yeah, I see, the, easy, I see the easiest path forward with Boston for that this year. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, Al Horford is fucking geriatric. Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Easily last year could have been an outlier year in terms of like health and durability and things like that. I would assume that's why his contract like extension was only two years with Boston. They're really trying to feel out where he's at physically and things like that. If one of those two guys goes down for an extended period of time, they're like, they are non-existent with a front court. Uh, And I mean, for, if you get, if you run into Milwaukee, if you run into Philadelphia for as much as we shit on Embiid uh, in the playoffs, I think they would have a really hard time just like, if he gets three fouls quick on Porzingis or something like that, even if you're asking them to cover Bam out of bio for stretches with like nobody in the front court, it's going to be hard. Um, and the same for Milwaukee and Phoenix. It's just feels like there's a lot of star power on all three of these teams. And I want to see them supplement it with like bench pieces as best they can throughout the course of the season before I really get moved off my Denver throne i suppose not to not to crown myself the king nuggets fan but i am pretty fucking awesome so i guess that's what we're doing uh i i'm tentative i'm tentative denver right now maybe the milwaukee game tonight they just fucking nuke or philadelphia off the face of the earth and i moved a little bit but right now i'm tentative denver boston is so hard because that top six is probably the best top six in basketball it's so good but the second you get beyond that i last night they legitimately played the American hero lineup, the Patriot lineup. And if they, if I see, if I see the, if I see the Patriot lineup again, I'm going to be so pissed. If I see that in playoff time, they're losing whatever series they're playing in. I don't want to see an iota of Sam Hauser in the playoffs. Or Luke I mean, Corbett, we, God forbid. we know how the Celtics season goes. They're going to win 55 games. They're going to look awesome. And then the Heat beat them in six in the end. And it doesn't matter what's going to happen before that. It's just an inevitability that we're going to run into. Honestly, though, for Philly, how about this? With no Harden, Philly isn't a top seed. They don't see the Celtics in the second round. They get them in the first oh, round. Stop. Philly wins oh, first round God. series. <laughs> now, they're going to smoke them in the first. They would lose in four in the second. It'd be an easy second round loss. First round matchup because Philly's like a six seed. Like a seven-seeded Sixers team, like tanking just to match up with the Celtics. Oh, so I'm I'm hearing the Cavs are coming out of the East. Is that what I'm hearing? Shit, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he Bolton. finally gets past the brutal Knicks. The lights aren't too bright. Max Okay, I don't know. I'm so in on that team. Oh my god, the thing they showed last night. I just love uh, with Cleveland. I love Evan Mobley too much. Like uh, mm. I am so willing to like overlook 
how he's kind of stagnated offensively a little bit and like how it makes like he has the same problem Sabonis has offensively in terms of being incapable of hitting like a 15 16 footer consistently uh he's just also not like a really good passer or interior scorer but he's so good defensively that I'm like dude this guy they should have just fucking committed to building around him entirely when in reality if I step back moving for Donovan Mitchell is probably a smart move even if he leaves for New York or whatever but yeah I'm a huge Mobley yeah. guy so I like Cleveland I just uh when they really get into a shootout and like it boils down to having the best players in the series I don't think they're better than Milwaukee Miami uh Boston maybe Philadelphia yeah. if they're just if Jared Allen I'm just glad they took a step out of the past because last season they run they ran that god-awful grit and grind bullshit <laughs> that I sat there watching them like oh my god use Garland use Mitchell you have these guys use them and they're trying to do this grit and grind thing, and it looks like from the first game I'm t- totally overreacting. But they're running, they're doing the run and gun thing, which is nice. Yeah, that's we'll have to see with Jared Allen coming back. But I also want to note I was looking at the the games for today. ESPN, 7 p.m. Suns Lakers players to watch: LeBron James of the Lakers and Yusuf Nurkic of the Suns. <laughs> the two stars collide. Only one can only one will make it out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, speaking of true American heroes from before, uh you don't like Jonathan Isaac because you're the Antichrist. Repent and believe in Christ Holy heathen. Shit. Who the fuck said that? that? A that's a great comment. Holy oh, that's shit. an awesome one. Hell yeah. Whoa, did someone comment that? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I mean this, this does not bode well for the Jew only section of the Hoop Temple podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fu- I mean, yeah, Jonathan Isaac, uh, he looked good. He looked good. It's just hard to hard to get behind yeah. him after that bubble shit. I was yeah. like I was all in on yeah. him before that. And then like he full on uh pivoted into being like a right wing grifter going to like Ben Shapiro conferences and shit. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can be like a pretty good yeah. guy who plays 40 games over three years. And I'm just I'm probably done with this experiment. I don't blame I think the guy. 40 games is too high. Isaac I think fan. it's 20. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. lower. I don't blame him. I just I mean, that video is 30 seconds of me calling him racist. So, like, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> he's, the, he's the thin blue line, dude. Yeah. Like, he's, he's got a he's got that. going. Which sucks because I love Orlando. I'm a dork for I Orlando. Know. And then like he just flies in for like a highlight block. And I'm like, the thin blue line. OK, Damn. <laughs> good job. man. Yeah. If, if Isaac does get too injured to play professional basketball, his like post career Enos Cantor arc is going to be fucking deadly. It's going to be just I mean, ooh, did it. Gonna... he was not good ever. Uh, Jonathan Isaac at least no. has like. Yeah. He's he's talented ish. At he's a great defender, fine offensively, I guess. If Venus can't, it doesn't. Does that does that change anything though? Because Cancer, like even Fox News would say, like NBA star <laughs> speaks out and hates women. Like they're not going to say like average NBA player. Him, <laughs> you know, it, they're all NBA stars. <laughs> has some thoughts yeah. on this. Oh. Slow footed big man. <laughs> Slow footed center hates women. More at five. <laughs> And they're just like rolling Blazers highlights of him, like grabbing an <laughs> offensive rebound, three pump fakes, gets fouled. That's it. Like that's that's yeah. his whole arc in Portland. So all the games, they're like down forty. He's only in in the last five minutes. Um, I love it when he tweets out highlights like that. Like personally, yeah, he's like he like hate the hate, and he's like, "This is what I used to be on. Don't forget." And it's like, holy shit, these are all like awful teams. <laughs> 
2019 Knicks, 2021 Knicks shit. Seriously. All right. Well, that's all the questions I got for you today. We're all we're all tentative Denver right now. Maybe Boston. Yeah. All right. Understandable. Uh, boring answers are usually correct pretty routinely. So yeah, I'm on the same boat. Um, is there anything you guys want to plug while you have this podcast as a platform? Uh, I think the last time I sent it to Aaron. So Jack, you go first. Uh, I mean, the people can find me on TikTok shit posting as usual at jack the kings fan and also you should be listening to the hoop simple podcast there's lots of good stuff there whoa he kind of jumped your, he kind of jumped your shit aaron what are you gonna do <laughs> no we we uh co-op some stuff you can find yeah. me at the uh possible chairs on tiktok pretending that i watch basketball <laughs> and uh the hoop simple podcast most of the time <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, you can find me at Jokic Joe. If you if you're not already following me, I don't know how you found this shit to begin with. But at Jokic <laughs> Joe Star on all socials, go check it out. Go check these guys out. Support everything they tell you to support without even thinking about it. Follow all of the political messaging that they put out. Consume, 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 and I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace.